The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio. Scroll down right here on the right side of the page. And if you're using a mobile device... Uh, I would suggest you use something like Chrome or something where you can use the desktop version. Otherwise, you won't see this right side. And uh, when you do, <clears throat> click on where you see the video going here, uh, right up under the video of Bradley's show from yesterday. By the way, he'll be live 3 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch him right here at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. But you can click onto that, and you can join us in the chat, too, if you'd like to do so. Also, while you're there at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, there's a box right above both videos where you can put your email in address address in there, and you can subscribe to our newsletter. Now, we don't rent your email. We don't spam you. We don't sell your email or anything like that. You get all of the archive, or all of the articles that uh, we put out each day, including the archive. Sometimes you'll hear me talk about the archive, all the stuff that we cram into that. You get the video portion of the morning show. You get the podcast. You get any of the videos, documents, articles, any of that stuff that we have. You get that, and that comes in that email in the evening. So sign up for that and uh, and be sure to share it with your friends. Also, <clears throat> if you agree with the message of the Sons of Liberty, we point to the Bible and the Constitution as a standard for all things. Well, the Bible for all things, for sure. But at least as far as our government, the U.S. Constitution comes into play into that. And so we hold to that. And so when we say we're politically neutral, we're not a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a libertarian or any of this. We're holding to... <clears throat> what the standard is for those who represent us. And so if you agree with that message, then there's a donate button right here. We let you know we have our need, we have needs that need to be met. Uh, it costs money to do the internet, it costs money to do the radio, it costs money to travel around the country and teach people about our Christian and constitutional heritage. So if you would like to help and you're able to help, then please click on the donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com and make a donation. Also, you can partner with us by becoming a son or daughter of liberty. That button is also at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then you can also support us by going to our store. 
we got lots of stuff in there. I'm sure we're going to get into at least one of the, one of those products that are in there today, just for a little bit at least. Uh, but you can get uh, Bradley's My War series where he's been in the public schools. He shows you what's being taught to our children and how to combat that. We've got T-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles. We got dog tags in there and you guys in the jewelry and stuff like that. That's there. Uh, books and CDs and all kinds of other stuff in, at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And that not only is great educational resources for you and gifts if you want to give those away, conversation starters, but it also supports the Sons of Liberty, and we appreciate that very much. All right. <clears throat> Today's special show, I told you, and I think it was Bethany who popped in, <laughs> said the dynamic duo. So <clears throat> with that said, I'm going to bring you the one and only from the Sons of Liberty Radio.com and the Sons of Liberty Media.com, Bradley D. How <laughs> you like that? Yeah, yeah that's, he, that's he good, is. Tim. Yeah, yeah, he, I that. <laughs> Bradley is, um, he's the founder of You Can Run, But You Cannot Hide Ministries. And uh, also, I, you know, he, he's my brother. I, I was telling him the other day, I said, it's really funny because how we got to, to know one another. And that was through when I was working at Freedom Outpost, I ran across something that that Bradley was doing and he was going into high schools. And I got this video where he was speaking. And I, I, I want to say you were speaking on the abortion issue. That's what I want to say at the time. Right. And the principal comes in. He wants to shut everything down. And when I when I when I'd seen it and heard it that they said a rocker a band you know and I and it's not that I'm against rockers and bands but I I know that oftentimes in the Christian sphere they peddle a really soft gospel and I thought okay well I'll look and see what goes on and I heard what he was saying I heard the reference to the law it was always pointing to the law and I, and I appreciated that because nobody can hear the gospel until the until their mouths have been stopped by the law. And so uh, I appreciated that. The guy shut you down. He took you out back. He says, look, we're not going to do this. Um, you were you were handling it very well because you were towering above him. You could have pounded him in the ground with one fist. Mm -hmm. And uh, you handled him very well. And you even told him, look, I'll give you the money back. Just let me finish the program. And the guy goes, you want to put the money in writing and do all this stuff. So it ended up that I think you guys went, the kids got you to go to one of the local churches that they were that they yeah. were at. And the place was packed, and yep. I and I wrote about it then, and I think that was probably a year before mm -hmm. I even talked to you on the phone or anything. But we've been working together since about 2014, somewhere in there, 2013, late 2013. And uh, I, I've been to your house. I we've met at other places. We went on vaca uh, vacations together with our families, and so I can tell people honestly, um, you're the real deal. You you attempt to do all that you say that's the direction you go of all that you say that you call other people to and uh i want to welcome you to the sons of liberty morning show we're still pumping in full of, of coffee out there but uh welcome to the morning <laughs> show brother we are we totally are i totally appreciate that you were talking about kabul missouri the highest teen pregnancy rate in the whole country highest crystal methane rate in the whole country and believe it or not we have the audacity to go into that high school and actually uh, teach the kids a little bit about their history, the illegalities of what's going on, which used to be illegal in this country. Now they're saying it's legal, which it is not, and it never will be. Um, but also I want to point out when we did Kabul, Missouri, it totally backfired 
on that principle because I think when he came out the first time, Tim, concerning the high school that we did there, um, we were shown a picture of Samuel Armas who had spinal bifida. And uh, the kids never have seen an abortion before in fantasize. And when we showed the young people what an abortion looked like, they had a whole different take on it. The principal comes out and he said, if this offends anybody, you can leave. I think it was one teacher and her daughter that actually got up and walked out. It was like the Lord said to the 698 people that were there, you just hang on a second. We're not done yet. The principal leaves, sees that it totally backfired on him. A couple minutes later, comes out and says, there's an emergency at the high school assembly program over. And um, I've never seen a bigger coward in all my life. But what they didn't want you to know, and you can actually watch it on video on my war series at sonsoflibertymedia.com, go to the store, uh, was a standing ovation, not just from the students, but also from the teacher faculty because someone's finally standing up for what the laws of the United States actually state. And um, uh, another point to be made there uh, was the fact that it did backfire to the point where the kids brought us into a church that night. State representatives got involved. We told them what happened in the public school that day. And um, it was that important. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men nigh unto me. Amen. So if trouble comes with it, let it come, that we might understand the power of God unto salvation. Because at the end of the day, we did win the day. But what I want people to hear really quick out of every high school that we've done, I've heard it 365 times because it's been every high school that we've done in 25 different states. The young people always ask the question, what are we supposed to do? Uh, and we wanted to be a part of the answer concerning those that are being subjected to everything and protected from nothing. And it's exactly what we did 23 years ago, and it's exactly what we're doing today. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things that I want to do today is I want to kind of bring that as the solution to some of the stuff that we're hearing going on. Now, I gave a title for the video portion. By the way, if you're listening by radio or you're watching by video, you can call in if you got a question or a comment you want to make to Bradley. Uh, 215 Top Talk, 215 867 8255. The number's there at the bottom of your screen. If you're watching, 215 Top Talk, 215 867 8255. And we're also on beforeitsnews.com uh, if you want to catch us there. So um, we're, we, we've had this stuff come up, and I call it the Q and nonsense. Um, I've had mm -hmm. several shows where we've dealt with uh, various people who've come in. One of them is a mutual friend of ours, Kevin Ship, former CIA agent. And he's talked about the the psyop that this is. It's to get people to feel like they're doing something when they're doing nothing. It's kind of like the Article 5 people. Yep. We'll write more words to stop tyrants from trampling on the words that have already been written. And they're expecting the superhero Donald Trump to come in with his cape and his Captain Unif you know, America uniform. And <clears throat> the confusion of the message of the people that get on it. And I don't know, some of them may be out of the CIA. Some of them may be just people who got into it and they're, they have too much pride to admit that they're wrong. I, I don't know what the issue is, but a, a, a friend of the, of, of mine did a short little video. I did, it's a, it's about 17 minutes, but I'm just going to play just a couple of seconds to show people the confusion of the message of Q and then what I want to do is I want to get into the fact that we are in a real storm, but it's not the storm that Q's telling you about. And Donald Trump is not going to be the deliverer of this. So here this is. 
this is our friend Brian at High Impact Flicks. Here it comes. We have a high-level government insider who has revealed to us that Hillary Clinton and other deep state agents will be arrested today. Now, I want you to understand that the storm is coming. All right, they say that Hillary wasn't arrested, but I'm telling you right now that my sources, and you can trust my sources, say that Hillary is in Gitmo right now. It is a horrible, horrendous, devastating storm. You will know when this storm comes. Oh boy, you'll know it. It'll be obvious when this storm comes because the deep state will be running. I'm telling you, the deep state is on the run. You may be distraught right now because things didn't turn out quite like you expected them to. It's coming, guys. Expect it. Sometimes the storm isn't so obvious. The storm is going to be obvious. There's a massive sting operation underway right now. If you understood this thing like I understood it, then you would know that the optics have to be there. There's a secret sting operation that's going on right now, and it's going to save you. It's going to save all of us. I'm telling you, it's going to be obvious. Obvious. Yeah, but what have we been saying all along? It's not going to be so obvious. I'm telling you, it's going to be obvious. What people don't understand about this sting operation is... Okay. All right. You get the idea. And there's 17 minutes, and it's a whole bunch of different things that people have been told by those in the know. The new Gnostics are the Q cult. And I mean that with the Q-U-L-T. And Bradley, I think you've mentioned this on your show as well. So they, they've poured all this hopium into people. They're, they're intoxicated by the hopium. They can't <laughs> let go of the hopium. But, yeah. but there's, there's no hope in dope or, or Donald or, or any of this stuff. As soon as you see Donald Trump continue to link up with the United Nations, and as a result of that, <clears throat> uh, places like Israel and stuff, when you have that, you have him tied to the deep state. You don't have him defeating it. And as you said on the show yesterday, and I've said it here, if he had have done his job, which is Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution, to make sure the laws are faithfully executed, we wouldn't even be dealing with a Joe Biden or a potential Kamala Harris. And so we do have a real storm. It's It's a wickedness in our nation. And the solution isn't going to be a Donald Trump. It isn't going to be any man, per se. But it's, in my estimation, it's going to be people who repent before God, unite together, and bring the law to bear, as they're supposed to do, according to the, the Constitution, Article 1, Clause 8, or excuse me, Section 8, Clause 15, and, and enforce the laws. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's been stated. I mean, it was so well done. It's exactly right. I just... The lunacy that's involved with this, I mean, for five years, going back to the very beginning of Donald Trump's administration, and by the way, Donald Trump is only a representation of the American people because the people in this country are the government, just for the record. Uh, and the fact of the matter is he promised to drain the swamp. He promised to prosecute Hillary Clinton. 41 seconds, 41 seconds, friends, into his uh, presidential victory speech. He said, in essence, he said, the American people owe Hillary Clinton a major debt of gratitude for her service to this country. I kid you negative. What we have seen uh, is Donald Trump then turning and calling the Clintons good people. But for a year and a half prior to that, he talked about their crimes. He did the same thing with Barack Obama. He did the same thing with that of Joe Biden. He called him out for his treason. Uh, and this went on for five years, friends. And he did absolutely nothing. I can I can give you a prime example of how it worked. It's sleight of hand is really what it is, uh, because 
they're looking at Donald Trump's left hand and Donald Trump on the right and his little what the American people would call the deep state. I'd like to talk about that for a minute, too, uh, are doing over here are two different stories. If you remember the whole Iran uh, kerfuffle concerning the money that uh, Barack Hussein Obama stole from the American people and gave to our sworn enemies, right, uh, to Iran, um, and then sometime later that money was used against Americans. I remember Donald Trump getting on television and uh, telling people that uh, Barack Hussein Obama was responsible for this treason and stealing the money and giving it to our sworn enemies. Well, the very next day, did Donald Trump actually charge Barack Hussein Obama for treason? Article 3, Section 3, Luke 22:48. Absolutely not. He laid sanctions on Iran. Now, friends, you can't make this up. One thing that we did notice throughout the duration of his criminal administration is he was doing the exact opposite of what he promised the American people that he would do concerning draining the swamp. Did he drain the swamp? Nope, he did just the exact opposite. He stacked what you would call the swamp, and he granted uh, clemency to how many individuals that were in prison for crimes against the people from Blagovich to drug dealers, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And then he had the audacity to come back around five years later and start making another appeal to raise record numbers when it came to his re-election campaign concerning finances that he made. Uh, he promised that he would drain the swamp again. Now, friends, you can't make this up. and This is ridiculous, and it's circular reasoning it's the same thing every administration promises to do. They promise to bring back in the rule of law. They promise to go back to, the, in a sense, the old past, the Declaration of Independence, like Barack Hussein Obama did when he said change. Um, and then he, got, then he says secretly, Barack Obama does, said that he wanted to fundamentally transform America. So what they do publicly and what they do behind closed doors are two different stories. But we can always see what they do behind closed doors, Tim, if we go to Scripture. Because it says that we're to judge them by their fruit. Now look at what we have today. We have a Joe Biden, as you said, because Donald Trump didn't keep his promise, nor did he keep it one time throughout the duration of his campaign or his presidency in any sense of the word. Yeah, and that, I think that's the thing. I think one 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 little um, the correction there. I, that money was frozen from Iran, I think, under Bush, and there were stipulations for for uh, releasing that money. Uh, but there's no doubt that not that uh, Donald Trump had, uh, or excuse me, Obama had taken a lot of our money and given it to all kinds of our enemies. There's no question about that by the by the billions. And we even know that uh, Donald Trump gave three times what to the Muslim Brotherhood what Obama was giving. We know That's that right. he gave to our enemies Planned Parenthood domestically here while he defunded them uh, foreign. Uh, he and domestically he was giving them more than a hundred million dollars a year more than Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka was. So That's people have to understand that th this sleight of hand, look at my right hand or look at my mouth and listen to what I'm saying, but don't pay attention to what my hands are doing. And uh, I think that was a, that's, that's a good illustration of, of what you were saying there. So the, while Q is, has told its followers, there's a, there's a storm a coming. It'll be obvious, but it won't be obvious. And I, I tell you, folks, you just got to watch that to see the confusing message that comes from these people. While they're telling us that a storm's coming, they're saying the storm is a good thing. It's coming on the bad guys. It's going to get them. 
I got to tell you, the storm is coming. It's coming for the bad guys. But the fact the fact of the matter is, it's not like what they're putting it up. It's coming against those who are acting acting wickedly uh, towards God. And the sad reality is, all of us are in the midst of that because God tends to judge nations <laughs> uh, when they're when they're acting in accord like that. He judges the nations. Look at what He did with His own people, Israel, in the Old Testament. They wouldn't repent. He says. I'm, I'm sending you the king here. He's going to be my king. He's coming in. He's going to take you into bondage. Or in the case of the Romans, he's going to utterly destroy you. And they're going to be my army I'm going to use to do it. And then I'm going to punish them for doing that because they had wicked desires in it. I had a good intention, uh, but they have wicked desires in that. And so we're up against things and people continually, I see it in the chat. I hear them when they call in uh, where they say, what can we do? We've got mm-hmm. vaccines that look, folks. I, I I really believe this year they're probably going to be pushing more and more towards a mandatory vaccine. I know that everybody poo pooed that last year when I said that, but I really do believe that's where they're trying to go with things. They're yeah. already trying to do it with masks to mandate you wear a mask, um, and that those are just the the things that are out front. Then we've got spending us into debt, which then steals the money that we have because it devalues it. We've got them writing all kinds of unconstitutional laws. Nobody's held to account uh, for any of it. Nobody's held to account. Nobody's brought to justice. In fact, we don't even have real justice. We're taking people and putting them in cages, and then we're making the victims and everybody else who isn't even involved pay for them to do that. So the obvious question is, we're fed up with it. What are we going to do? And I believe the biggest thing is not to go have rallies in Washington, D.C. Leave those people alone right now. Deal with the state. And first get your own, get your own house in order and then go deal with the, the state legislatures that you have. And I think a part of that has to come through education, which we've got to, let's just be honest. We've got to start building up the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ where you've got hirelings in the pulpit who will not preach the truth of the word of God, which addresses all of these issues. Well, that's, that's exactly what we're seeing, Sam. Um, it, it starts with the church. What was it? John Adams, the second president of the United States of America, that said that um, the church is called to be the moral compass of society. When that goes, everything else goes. And it's exactly the truth. And I've been to the top, to the bottom concerning the church. And the higher I go up in the hierarchy of the church, the more I understand exactly why we're in trouble. They are diplomatic magicians. They're compromisers, and you know as well as I do what compromise is. It's where two men get together and they both agree on what's wrong. Instead of holding to the word of God, the word of life, and holding it forth, what do they do? They compromise, they fall to man's standard in keeping man's commandment and making void God's. We see this all across the boards. We see it in the church first and foremost. We see it in the schools. Then we see it in the government. And uh, the fact of the matter is that the only Savior that we have um, is Jesus Christ, not man, not one that steps in his place and promises the world everything. This is the oldest trick in the book. And yet if we look at Scripture, again, Matthew 7, 16, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen and 15, it tells us we're to judge them by their fruit. And if we do that, we can see that we have been, fail- we, we have been failed by administration after administration after administration. And uh, we better get our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, too, because if we fail to do that, we're going to lose all in our country will uh, be turned into hell. And we can see that 
transformation taking place before our eyes right now. But I'm not a gloom and doomer. I'm optimistic. I believe that if we're willing to fight, God is willing to give the church what it's willing to fight for, 1 Timothy 6.12. And that's exactly why we are going to remain in the fight, regardless if everything else goes to hell. Matters not. We're keeping our eyes fixed on him. We're going to keep our eyes fixed on him, and we're going to continuously walk on water by faith. We're not going to take note of the boisterous waves. And if we do that, I, I believe that we can win the day for our posterity, Tim. I really do. Yeah, I do too. And I often quote 1 Corinthians 15, we've got a king that leads us into battle, right? He's not one of these politicians who says, I, you guys go into battle, I'm not going. Uh, he's already went into the battle. He's already give, He's already shed his blood. He's already given his life uh, for his people. And now he's resurrected. He is. He's not some baby in a manger, guys. Uh, he he's not some he he's not the uh, the the hu, the hum, humiliated servant anymore. He's the glorified risen King, and I think we have to get that image in our mind that he is on his throne, just like Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen. He's subduing all of his enemies under his feet, and he's going to do it till the last day. And that's either going to come by the slaying through the law and the gospel, or the actual slaying, as in taking people's lives. Uh, who want yeah. to be hardened in just like Pharaoh was. And can I, can I, I add something yep, to that, go Tim? Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it was George Whitfield that said, God's going to be glorified in our salvation. You can take that personally and you can take that uh, corporately. And uh, he said, he's either going to be glorified in your salvation or he's going to be glorified in your destruction. There is no in-betweens. And that is scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 verse 63 talks about the very things that we're talking about right now. I'll rejoice over you to do you good in the blessings, but I'll also rejoice over you to destroy you in the curses. And there's 55 curses, judgments, upon that of 15 blessings found in Deuteronomy 28 as well. You can also find the same things over there in Leviticus 26. Look at the blessings up against the curses. And notice in the scriptures it was the judgments that were amen by the people to hold them accountable and others around them. It wasn't the blessing. So we better get this straight, friends. And the fact of the matter is America is under judgment. It's raining judgment right now. But to the church, judgment floats our boat. So we have to look at it through God's eyes as to what's taking place here. And this is what keeps us out there on the front lines. Amen. I was thinking of Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 2 as well. Uh, where we're talked, where we're told, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we're unto God a savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. And I think a lot of people become discouraged if they don't see the numbers, if they don't see the converts, yada, yada, yada. But what we have to understand is God is glorified in the message because he's going to be glorified by those who stand before him in heaven and praise him throughout eternity. And he's also going to be glorified by those who in his presence, you're not out of the presence of God in hell, folks. That's God, too. It's just him in his full wrath. Uh, he's going to be glorified in that because he's a just and holy God. So uh, mm. we, we read that in the book of Revelation as well, where they 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 praise him as the smoke of their torment ascends up in their midst. So I want people to understand you don't escape God uh, by going to hell. It's not party time like ACDC said, and you're just going to do what you want there. No, this is the wrath of God in its full measure poured out on unrepentant sinners. And so uh, mm. that that people need to understand that. They really do need to understand that. Okay, so we've got some we got some comments in the um in the chat here. I want to throw this at you and see if you if you want to answer this. Uh we're told that we're already a bit off. 
Trump did a lot of what he promised, but the deep state is more vast than he ever knew, and it was not easy. You're calling Q a hoax is really not good. Anyone with discernment knows that Q asks questions and leads to truth. This is not over. You want to address that, okay. Bradley? Well, yeah. What's, what's the fruit in the basket of QAnon? Answer the question. The burden of proof is on you, not on me. What, what have they brought forth? Matter of fact, Tim, I got pulled up in front of me right now an article that we did uh, back in uh, January Leading the people to empty promises, QAnon, just another psyop to keep you distracted. For all of you wise QAnon followers out there, understand that back in 1921 to 1926, there was something called Operation Trust, uh, which was a Bolshevik counterintelligence operation, and it was aimed at neutralizing opposition. In other words, don't worry about it. We got this. Uh, and the fact of the matter is nobody's behind that wheel of we got this except the Lord. But it was set up to neutralize opposition by creating the false impression that a powerful group of military leaders had organized to stop the communist takeover. Isn't that what's happening today? It surely is. Well, I agree with that. And what's more interesting is, though Trump didn't bring any justice, which was the thing, that, I mean, that's mm. his job. For, his job is not the economy. You look. <laughs> I, I, you won't find well, that in this. Tim, if it was Tim, <laughs> he 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 dropped the uh, deficit. Remember the deficit that he promised that he was going to eradicate. Well, he actually jacked it up. My numbers are eight point three trillion dollars. Yep. And don't forget about the uh, COVID nineteen relief bill that he signed a week and a half before he left the People's White House, indebting them all the more. And uh, again, if we want to strain at the gnat and swallow the camel, that's exactly what these people are doing right now, and I'm going to have none of it. Well, and I think that's I think that's the issue is to understand all of the ways that God's promises to curse a people who didn't keep his commandments, Deuteronomy 28. All of those things we're seeing playing out today. So people who say, there's no God. I mean, you're a fool yeah. for saying that. You really are. And the Bible says that you're a fool for saying that. Uh, we, I had a guy um, make mention, he was acting in the chat as though he, he, he was a self-professed atheist. I mean, that's the way he was acting. So he calls in and he says, well, show me your proof that God exists. Well, I never said that. What I said was, it's self-evident in the person that God exists. So if a, a person comes and tells me that they're an atheist, I'm having none of that because I'm like, no, you know it. You just suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And how do I know right. that? Because my authority tells me that. Romans 1, 18 and following tells me you, you do that. And this is why you do this other stuff that you do, is because you do suppress that truth about your creator in unrighteousness. So when we, when we see these kinds of things, and I, I hear this kind of stuff, we see this these conservatives, they call themselves yeah. conservatives, they don't conserve anything, but they That's get right. together at CPAC and they have their idol come in, literally a golden idol to Donald Trump, and then they have the Trump come in and he gives his long speech, tells people to get their shots. Yep. <laughs> he, boy, he was, he's all about wanting to be known for that shot too. That was, that he reiterates that over, we're the ones who got the vaccine. We're the ones, we did it unconstitutionally, but we got those vaccines. And they, they are so to the point that he dropped the ball on all of this. He really did, guys. I'm not saying he didn't do a few good things in there. I'm not saying that. But if you give a few good things to give yourself an appearance while behind the scenes, you're keeping hid from the people the deep, dark, dirty, wicked, sinful things that you're 
pushing forward, wouldn't you do that? You're going to get the two steps forward, one step back, right? And so when, when we see them building up, they're saying, oh, 2024. But I don't want to get stuck on, on, on Trump. The point that I'm saying is this is part of the storm that's there. The strong delusion that leads men to think there's some man out there that's going to save them. And he's got a false prophet called Q that's going to tell you, yep, he's going to do it. It's going to happen any day. It's, he's going to yeah. take down all these people. All these people are going to be killed. All this stuff. In fact, I think, what, what, what is today? <laughs> is today the fourth or the fifth? I think he was supposed to be inaugurated. Yesterday, according to Q. Today, Q no, people. no, today, Tim. He's, today, he's okay. He's going to be today, yeah, according to the Q and honors, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, so we I'm see ashamed. that. I'm ashamed for these people. I'm embarrassed for them. I truly am. Well, I am too. And, and again, it keeps pouring in hope where there is no hope because it's not found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So exactly. how, you can't have any hope outside of that. So let's get to the solutions. Now, you've put on uh, your site here, uh, sonsoflibertyradio.com. Okay, people can go there to sonslibertyradio.com, and there's this little image up here called Equipping the Saints. And if you click on that, Bradley was mentioning My War. Now, it's a DVD series that he puts out. You can purchase it from the store at sonslibertymedia.com. But he's went and put this up, all five parts here, for you to watch absolutely free. Okay, so go to sonslibertymedia.com, or excuse me, sonslibertyradio.com forward slash equipping dash the dash saints.html <laughs> or you can just go to sonslibertyradio.com look for that icon at the top and uh, and you'll be able to watch all five of these now for free now in this Bradley you not only present the problems of what's going on in public schools but then you point to the solution and when people continually ask you what do we do what do we do what do we do what's your answer to them well my answer is is obey I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? We're supposed to believe on him with our whole heart. We're supposed to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. I mean, it's about as simple as it possibly gets. Now, if I was to say to somebody that you need to do exactly what I did, well, nobody's going to be able to do that except what God ordained me to do. The Holy Ghost will lead you to do what you're called to do, Romans 8, 14, when you're right with him. And the purpose of that is to go out there and seek and save that which is lost. Become fishers of men. The Bible says if we follow him, we'll become fishers of men. How many people out there today, we, we see that they profess to be Christians, but they have no care for others to be saved. How does that make sense? It's our job as the church to be repairs of the breach. Isaiah 58, 12. What are we hearing from professors today? We're going to be raptured from responsibility. That's not what scripture says, nor does it teach that. It says we're occupied till he gets here. Listen, we don't need to look for what needs to be done because we see it in every direction in our country. If we take the first step, we're going to be led in doing the will of God as long as we belong to him. And the fact of the matter is we're always going to do the impossible. First it's impossible, then it's difficult, and then it's done. That's the process of God. And we're going to hold the course in hopes of seeing what the Lord will do on our behalf for his glory and for our posterity. And I believe that's where we're at today. So in saying that, I've said, and I say today, and I said 23 years ago, we want to be a part of the answer, not a part of the problem. So what do we do? We go see what other men did. I love to say this. 
The fact of the matter is how many people talk about Moses and David and Samson and Gideon and all the great prophets of God. Well, the Bible says we're not supposed to limit the Holy One. And the Bible also tells us that he's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13a. So what I do, at least what comes up in my heart, is, Lord, I want to see the God of David. I want to see the God of Moses, so on and so forth. Well, then do the things that they did in following the Lord, not man's system. You know, by the way, you know, you look at these boards today. uh, How many of these boards, when a man has a vision from God, literally, it'll be the board that blocks it up. I like to say what Harry Truman said. It's a good thing that Moses didn't take a poll before he brought the children of Israel into the promised land. No, Moses and Aaron obeyed God and God alone. And because of it, Look what they did. We're here talking about the very feats that God did through Moses and Aaron over what? 6,000, 5,000, 6,000 years ago today. So what he did for them, he'll do for us. And my great objective here is to see what he'll do for this generation. But the only way that we're going to see the God of Israel on the behalf of our generation is to do the things that those patriarchs did as well. Amen. And, you know, this is one of the things that we do highlight on on the show is when people are are doing what God's called them to do, we want to get them in here and encourage them and get people behind them to encourage them. Because you know what? You read in the scriptures where the men of God were often discouraged because the people were rebellious. You look at Samuel, he's he's like, God, look at these people. Look at and and God's like, look, I got this. They're 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 problems with me. It's not with you, it's with me. Uh, you see Elijah, he has this great victory, and then he lets some woman run him off, you know, out in the wilderness. He get, He's discouraged, but then God comes along and he cares for him and he builds him back up. Uh, same thing happens with Moses. We could go through a number of people. And so when we bring these people on, you brought this representative on uh, the other week from Minnesota. What was his name? Eric Lucero. Lucero. You wanted to bring him on. Why? Because he's a wimp, because he's a a, 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 a a conservative who doesn't conserve. No, because he's doing what he says he'll do. He's saying the right That's things right. and he's doing what he's doing. We brought the guys on trying to recall the governor out there. Uh, we, we brought the guys on who trying to, to impeach the governor over across the line here in North Carolina. Yeah. Hey, Tim, so, can I insert this yeah. into the conversation? Because it's really important. Yeah. People need to understand that Fox News and the mainstream media and these news outlets They are designed to divide the people. I mean, you have the Republicans and the Democrats. Hey, friends, listen carefully. Both are unconstitutional parties. We're ruled by law, not by the opinions of your favorite party politicians. That's unconstitutional. That system is set up to divide and conquer the American people. And if you listen to the conservatives of the day, which are yesterday's liberals, don't forget they're neutralizing you against your enemies by causing you to believe the right is warring against the left, but the right's got it. Well, the fact of the matter is the right doesn't have it because if the right was doing the right thing all the time, there wouldn't be a left. And people need to understand that. We need to come back to the giver of the law. And when we come back to the giver of the law, we're going to study and show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Corinthians 2.15, or I'm sorry, Timothy 2.15. And if we don't want to do that, well, then we're going to get the results that we've put up with over the last how many decades in this country. Well, that's, that's right. And you make mention of the right and the left. Nobody, it's kind of like the, the pro-choice, the, that kind of marketing. Pro-choice to do what? Murder your baby. They never finished the sentence. So right or left of what? 
Nobody ever asked that. You're on the right of what? The law. You're on the left of what? The law. And, you know, uh, God told Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous. Don't turn to the right or to the left. And he's talking about to the commandments, the law that has been given. And And we were talking yesterday and Bradley says, don't get too deep in all these things. But I think that's part of the difference of, of my gifting to yours is that I see these other things that are in there that are hamstrung. You talked about being uh, uh, raptured from responsibility. And that all ties out of something called dispensationalism. I'm not going to get into it with you guys today. But if you want to look it up, that's a word you can look up and you can look up the theology. But the fact of the matter is what dispensationalism does is it separates out the New Testament church age from the Old Testament church age. And by the way, there was a church in the Old Testament. Read Acts chapter 7. Stephen says as much. It was in the wilderness because it's the, the ecclesia, it's the people. That's it. Okay? And so what they do is, is they push the law into the Old Testament. They say it's just for Old Testament Israel. It has nothing to do with, despite what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, which was reiterating all of that. And, and, and so it hamstrings it. And then, and then the people say, well, I, I, I kind of I believe the Ten Commandments. Yeah, okay, I'll affirm that. But then they don't really push that. They say that's for Christians. No, that's for all men. All men are not to have other gods before them. They're not to make carved images. They're to rest one day in seven and work the other six days. They're not to take the name of the Lord in vain. They're not to murder, steal, kill. They're not to covet. They're not to uh, to to perjure themselves. So this applies to all men. And I think this was one of the things that was very unique in America, at least early on. Our laws were written based upon the laws of God. And a lot of those laws still exist, but we don't enforce those things because for whatever reason, oh, Christians shouldn't try to to press that on other people. I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, it's again, it's embarrassing. They abrogate what Jesus never abrogated. Show me one place where Jesus Christ ever violated God's law. He never did. He came to explain away what the modern day church has is has and is attempting to do away with. They're called antinomists. They have no regard for law. Then they wonder why they have a bunch of mushroom converts on the scene today, a bunch of anarchists and insurrectionists, namely their kids. Well, Jesus told us in Luke seven thirty five, wisdom is justified by her children. Who raised up those children? The hirelings in the pulpits today that remain silent when they should stand up and protest. And the reason they don't protest is because they have obligated the very backbone of their message to drive men to Jesus Christ. The law drives men to the Christ work or to the Christ, right? To the cross where it can do no more said D.L. Modi. And they've done away with what Jesus never did away with. He said, think not that I come to destroy the law and the prophets. I come not to destroy, but to fulfill And Jesus Christ is the standard. The world's going to be judged by that standard. Jesus Christ, Acts 17, 31. The fact of the matter is if we're supposed to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, show me again where he ever broke God's moral law. He's the standard, not the hirelings. Just let's make clear on that because it really irritates me to no end. And if you try that natural law, Tim, show me how long it's going to fare before your country is destroyed. Well, here we are today because that's exactly the system that's been set up. We're taught by the hirelings not to judge, and yet Scripture teaches us nothing but judgment. And if someone says, well, Bradley, who are you to judge? I'm not judging. I'm just giving you the judge's word. 
Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And we're we're not to we're not to be editing that that message. We're not to take that letter and to cut out pieces of it and say, well, this doesn't apply, and yeah. uh, and and he really didn't say this. We have to give it in its entirety. And the fact of the matter is, you and I have talked about this uh, together as well. Is most people don't understand when we're speaking about these things, when we bring these things to bear. We first preach them to ourselves. Any good any good preacher is going to take the word of God and have it. You know, as James says, he's going to hold it up as a mirror, right? So we we first apply it to ourselves. We're we're bringing it to bear on ourselves, and we give it to other people. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was a sermon where Charles Spurgeon spoke about doing that too. And he says, if you want to know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, if you want to know why I preach about this, it's because I first preached it to myself. Yep. And I, I, I think the people have have failed to to understand that part that it's not a finger pointing. We're as you say, we're all in this together in the fact that we're all sinners before God who who are in need of a savior. But it doesn't just save us from hell and give us the the fire insurance card and then just leave us because Jesus is a savior from sin. Matthew one twenty one from sin. So mm-hmm. if you if you can continue in what you were doing before. Before you say you became a Christian, have you really met the Lord Jesus Christ? I would say right. no. Well, how, how would they repent without a knowledge of their That's sin? Exactly Romans right. 3.20. How would they repent if they don't know God's moral law in which they broke? Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, Romans 13. How many times did Jesus say, what does the law say? I mean, go to Mark 10, starting in verse 17. Look at the rich young ruler. What's the first thing he said? He started to kick off the commandments. You know the commandments. And what did the uh, rich young ruler try to do? He tried to justify himself. And the Bible says Jesus looked on whom he loved, right? Uh, He said this one thing. He went right to the heart. And if you take that and go over to Revelations 3, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be Be zealous zealous. and Most people don't even know what they're supposed to repent from, Tim, because they've uh, uh, been brought up under a bunch of antinomists. No regard for God's moral law. And uh, exactly what we're seeing on the scene today, exactly what we're seeing in public schools today. Matter of fact, I can take it over to those protesters out on the streets today. Those little paid provocateurs. Who are they? They're the up-and-comings that have been raised up in the modern church that teaches you not to judge. It teaches you not God's government. Hey, folks, we're based on the Mosaic Institution, common law. And, Tim, you were hitting on something earlier as to how our forefathers established ecclesiastical law. That's canon law. That's God's moral law. We're still established on that today. Matter of fact, I had an atheist call in. At least that's what he called himself. It's idolatry. It's the oldest sin in the book. Um Uh, who had called in and said, hey, listen, I don't believe that we live in a Christian nation. I said to him, well, you don't have to believe in trucks neither, but what happens if you stand in front of one, right? And then I went through God's moral law. I said, is it against the law to steal? The atheist said, yes. I said, who told you that, right? I said to the atheist, is it against the law to lie? He said, of course it is. I went through some more of the commandments. All of a sudden, the atheist had nothing to say because his mouth was stopped by guess what? The law of God, Romans 5. So people, it, it doesn't need a long-gated debate to bring in the word. If we truly know the word of God, we can give people answers that they need now. 
And the Bible says we're supposed to preach in season and out of season. The problem that we have is 86% of the people in this country today, Tim, don't know the word of God. They love God so much. They've never taken the time to know his word. And yet that's what Jesus said. That was one of the first prerequisites in John 7, 17. You must know the doctrine. The problem is, is they don't know the doctrine of Jesus Christ, but they know the doctrine of the leaving of the Pharisees and the leaving of the Herodians, which we were warned of in Mark 8, 15. That's right. That's right. And somebody has made a comment in the, in the chat, and it was actually a really good, a, a good comment. Um, the divide that we've that we've had in our country so far is not between the right and the left, but the tw- it, but it goes back even to the Garden of Eden. The choice is between good and evil, and and I'm amazed that what we have is oftentimes the people will say, "Well, we got to choose the lesser of two what goods, yeah. evils." And I, and it and it goes it goes along with what you're saying there. If they don't know what the good is to choose, they're not going to choose it. But the the natural tendency of man is to choose the evil. It is it is bent against God, and that's where the Holy Spirit, when when a man is born again, when he hears the gospel, and when he does repent, when he is born again, that's what changes his want to, his desire is for to do the good. It is to glorify God in all that he does. But apart from God, Jesus said, you can do nothing. So, so when, we're, when we're talking about solutions here, part of the problem has been preachers have not been preaching the Word of God to their people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, have seen the hypocrisy that's come out of the church. And because they've seen that, uh, as the, the Old and the New Testament say, the, the Christians have given them a reason to blaspheme God. In other words, not to uphold God's word, give it any glory or any weight to what God says, because they say, I believe it, but then they live like they don't. So yeah. that's one, That's number one thing. We, we have to get those who are in uh, areas of authority in the church in teaching and preaching to preach what God has said. That's the first thing. That's the education process. And the second thing is for people to do what God is leading them to do. You've often said this. People will come to you. And they'll say, Bradley, you need to be doing this. You need to, I think you called me up the other day and you said, hey, I got an email here. Somebody says that, that Tim needs to be doing this and needs, needs to be doing that. Well, why do, they, why do they perceive that? I think you've said it's because God's laid on their heart to go do that thing. Oh, that's right. And, and Tim, I, get, I don't know what you get. I can imagine what you get, but I get about two to 300 emails a day. And a good handful of them, you know, you got to kind of weed out the ads, so on and so forth, other people trying to make an appeal to you. But then you get the, the, the people that are trying to get you to do something that you don't have time to do because I'm plowing my row. Tim's plowing his row. And then what people do is they say, well, you know what? I got an idea. Why don't we get Tim? Why don't we get Bradley to do more outside of the fact that they're being spent 24-7 anyways? Let's try to get him to do some more while we go back home or we go over into the other room and start watching television or our favorite movies. Tim, because the fact of the matter is it's exactly what we see. It's exactly what we deal with. And uh, people need to be a little considerate and understand that literally, I I can say this with a whole heart, this ministry, I've been, over the last year, I've not taken one day off of radio. 
Uh, Tim, I know that you haven't. Uh, and, and we are serious about what we're doing to the point of uh, other things may, and I don't want to say suffer, but maybe neglect might be the right word. And I say this probably to um, myself and searching my heart. I wish I had more time to spend with my kids. Uh, but the fact of the matter is if I don't keep my eyes fixed forward, my kids are not going to have a country when I'm out of here. And I can say the same thing for Tim, friends. And I, that wasn't pre-planned. It just came up in heart as I'm speaking even now. And also, Tim, you said something earlier. It's your gifting about, you know, when you were talking about dispensationalism. I think it's important to people to understand that, Tim, you are a teacher. You're a very good teacher. Uh, I'm the guy that says, hold the nail and I'll pound it in. Jeremiah 23, 29. Tim is very much a teacher. And I think, Tim, on some of the topics that you hit, you have a better grip on them than I do. Because to me, I don't, within myself, I don't really have a care to address those issues. I believe that if everybody keeps their eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and him alone, we're not going to have different denominations. There's only one God. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one uh, Holy Ghost. Uh, and the list goes on, Ephesians 4. And I think the problem is that we have people in this country that have not made the distinction as to who Jesus is and who he is not because, of the, again, reverting back to what I originally said, they're not taking the time to know the Word of God for themselves to their own chagrin. Yeah, amen, amen. I appreciate that word. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn off the phone lines. Uh, Bradley, you're getting kind of warmed up there. You, all that coffee working, doing your doing his thing there? Oh, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Well, you're yeah. getting warmed up, and what I didn't want to do was cut us off when you're getting warmed up, because you said, well, I, I could have kept on going. So you're up already. Yeah. Um, it, do you want to hang on, and we'll we'll carry over a little bit after the, the radio broadcast part ends? Absolutely. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Why don't you take time? We got about a little bit less than a minute here. Why don't you take time and tell people a little bit more about where they can find out uh, about you and what you're doing? Well, sonsoflibertymedia.com, as you all well know, um, when you go over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you can see all the things that are available. And um, we have 13 to 15 articles over there combating the lies in the mainstream media. And I got to tell you, friends, the way big tech company hits this site is incredible, but they hit this site. Uh, and there's a reason they're hitting this site is because the lawless don't want you to understand where you came from so you know where you're going. And also keep in mind, the law exposes the bad guys, and that's why we continuously make reference to the law, Deuteronomy 25, verse 1, when it comes to the articles that are written. Tim vets literally every article uh, that goes through sonsoflibertymedia.com. And again, friends, how many times Tim's had to turn around and spit articles out that are saying where he says this isn't right? No, we don't let it go, friends. We're very particular about that. But again, if you go over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you can find the articles uh, that are there every single day combating the lies. Also, go to the social media platforms. All right, on you the guys, right join side. us on the video and 8 a.m. tomorrow, Kate Shimarani. See you. Sorry about that. We we're running out of time there. We're good. Uh, okay. We're good. I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing up those things. And, you know, a lot of these people, I, I got to tell you, you know, some of the writers I, I don't know except by um, uh, reading some of their stuff. I've never actually talked to them because uh, some of them I don't have any communication. Uh, that's very few. Um, and some of the people are going to are going to have a difference of opinion about certain things. That's fine. But where I see that they point out some good things, I want to get that out in uh, the hands of the people. And some people I've started to move away from. Some people have dropped off. I mean, 
I, I'm wondering where Eric Rush is. I, I haven't seen him right since, you know, China Joe went into the uh, the White House. But, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've lost some people. We've gained some people. We're glad for the contributors that we do have. And uh, and I think that they do. They they tend to undermine the narrative that you're given in the mainstream. And it's not to say, again, this is this is the thing. Most people go, well, but. But the mainstream is this, and, and they'll think, well, Fox is different than that. And then now they're thinking Newsmax is different than that. And One American News now, I'm just telling you, those guys that are coming out now, they're going to they're, they're gonna be the next controlled opposition because they've got you off Fox. Now they've got to get you on something else. And, and the same people are running a lot of that other stuff. So I think people have to be careful about what they do. Look, you look at everything. You hold fast to that which is good is what Paul tells us to do. And uh, as a, as the old country uh, slogan was, you 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 eat the meat, you spit out the bones, kind of thing. And uh, and that's what we encourage you to do. We encourage you to think for yourself. That's for sure. Um, okay, Bradley, what are some other things that we need to address here? Because I think you're 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 getting on a roll there, and I didn't want to stop that roll uh, like we did last time with the ending of the show. But I wanted to give you time. If there's something on your heart, you you see some things that are going on. You've really been hitting on the vaccine. So have I. Uh, it's like I can never get enough articles that are dealing with the vaccines, the adverse effects, the deaths, the lies about them and everything else. And bringing on and I tell the audience, I said, I bring on a lot of guests mainly for me to learn something, probably more than I do for the for the audience. Um, that's something that's, that's really heavy on you right now is this issue uh, about the vaccinations. I've been staying on it since day one, Tim, uh, because we've seen what the pill was in the jam, especially when we consider the source as to what uh, and who is selling us this virus uh, to the point of being over-exaggerated a thousand times, literally the way they've blown this way out of proportion. And if that wasn't the case, why did the CDC have to continuously change its statistics? And why is it constantly coming out of uh, the mouth of the little henchman, uh, none other than Anthony Fauci, um, changing his narrative over and over and over again. And, and I can tell you, I seen what they were doing from the from the offset, and I was careful to uh, jump ahead of the game. But I did say that the people that are selling you the virus are the same ones selling you the vaccination. Well, what we're seeing today, friends, is the fact that outside of the fact that we're seeing uh, many of the side effects, the adverse side effects, which are over 400 uh, concerning Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, we're finding out that the uh, um, vaccination companies for that sell 72 vaccinations to children. Uh, we know from Robert F. Kennedy now that there are uh, all four of those companies are felons, uh, every single one of them. So if you consider the source, you see that there's no truth in them, John 8, 44, and then you go to the very top and see who's at the top. Bill Gates is the one driving the narrative. Well, keep in mind, Bill Gates' daddy was uh, a board member of Planned Parenthood. His dad said of Bill, that's where Bill got his ideologies. And it's also interesting to note, and we played it several times on the SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, Bill said he wanted to lower the population on the planet by 3 billion people. It's exactly what he said. Cross-check everything I'm telling you. And he said if we do a really good job on vaccinations, we could really do that. That's how sick this individual is. 
Well, going way fast forward, uh, we're now seeing what they want to corral us into. They want to corral us into a new system. And as they drive us to vaccinations, now we're seeing that if we don't take the vaccination in certain countries, then you're not going to be a part of society. And if anybody knows anything of history concerning the Third Reich, it's exactly what Adolf Hitler did. The Jews were targeted by the people because the people, namely the evangelicals in uh, Germany, over 80 million people, the evangelicals brought Adolf Hitler to power. Um, It's interesting to note that when they came down, they had to sell the people that the Jews were filthy, diseased people, and they needed to get rid of them. And guess how they did it, friends? Well, the slogan was, for your safety. What's happening today? For your safety. Now they're telling people, like, for example, Yahoo just reported this morning, Tim, uh, Cyprus to welcome vaccinated British tourists from May 1st. And we're seeing more of this. We just seen another article this morning come out uh, in Israel. Uh, Remember the Israelis, 75% of the people in Israel will not take the vaccination. They called it the vaccine holocaust. That's what they said. Now we're being told just today, friends, that the people in Israel, if they don't take the vaccination, they're going to be left behind. So we're beginning to see just the slow rollout exactly as to what the conspirators, and, and don't think for one moment it's not a conspiracy, Jeremiah eleven nine. It's exactly what's happening. This is why we're seeing them operate in alliance on a global basis, saying the same things at the same time. Now, I say this, let's reverse the whole order and understand we all know who the bad guys are now, and we need to lawfully deal with them. And we're seeing that in Israel. We're seeing the uprisings um, in, in defiance of tyranny in Europe, France, Germany, the UK, Australia. Now we're going to begin to see more and more of this in America, too, because we see many of the frontline health workers, they're standing up and saying, we're not going to take the vaccination. I believe there's uh, 50 to 60 percent in the military that are standing up and saying, we're not going to take the vaccination. And why are they not taking the vaccination? Because they understand that these are the same people that have lied to them for decades. And I want to say one thing, Tim, because we're on your show. 94% of the people say they don't believe the media. Congress has an 11% approval rating. Who told you that there was a virus? The same one selling you the vaccination. So there's a plethora of issues that we can talk about concerning what's going on here. But I believe, I do believe, Tim, that people are now beginning to wake up. I believe it's just been a slow wake-up process through the judgments of God uh, that people are beginning to wake up. And I also believe that people uh, need to put the question to themselves, why is it called Operation Warp Speed? And I want to tell you why. Because they want to get into your body before you figure out one of these side effects concerning these vaccinations, which many today are beginning to find out the hard way. So I hope I said enough to at least initiate conversation here. But again, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the vaccinations. Yeah, and we can get on the issue of uh, Bill Gates. I mean, this is a guy who had an operating system that he couldn't keep viruses out of. He couldn't stop the blue screen of death. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he thinks he can do this with your body. He, he thinks he can he can manipulate things and work with other people. He's not a doctor. I, I, I'm I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he got a degree, but I may be wrong about that. 
Uh, he might have been a high school dropout. I don't remember. One of those guys he's was. Not a doctor. We know that yeah. he's not a doctor. We yeah. know he's unelected. We know the WHO, the head of the WHO, is linked to terrorists. Yep. We know that he's not a doctor. Uh, we know that Anthony Fossey hasn't seen a patient in 20 years. And we also know about a month ago, Tim, if you remember right, uh, a video surfaced of Anthony Fossey attempting to do the same thing 10 years ago in America that the people stood up and rejected instantaneously. Yep. And it shows you how far we have fallen in 10 years to actually follow this little henchman of Bill Gates. Yeah. Well, and it's not just that. I mean, the the fakery. And and that's the only way I know how to put it. I, I folks, I don't I don't call it I don't I don't call it stuff like they do on the uh the 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 news outlets where they say an untruth. No, it's a lie. Uh it's not an untruth. That that's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. But the the lies, the fakeries, the frauds. Fauci was one of them. He, I forget which one, but I put the video up. People could go see it for themselves at sonsofcelebritymedia.com. He allegedly got his shot in his arm and he flexed his muscle. You're not supposed to do that. That was one thing somebody pointed out. Flexed his muscle, got his shot in his arm, or allegedly got it, then went on television, I think with just a few hours, no, it was, it was the next morning, just a, just several hours later after getting the, the shot, he went on television and he said, oh, I had a little little soreness in my arm and grabbed his other arm. Apparently he yeah. didn't know which arm he got it in, which one he was faking with. And so this is all the this is all the thing. And we know these people are liars. They're, their father's the devil. He's a liar from the start. That's what the scripture says. He comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what they're doing. And you and I had this conversation the other day, and I said, what kind of, I mean, even if you're a sinner, what kind of even a normal sinner thinks about wiping out you know, billions of people with something. I don't. I don't know a lot of them that do that. That are sinners who do that. Much. Yeah. Um, you know. So. So. But. But people well, Tim, are buying along we, with that. We live in a system today where people have been conditioned to believe that the government knows best, even when it operates in a manner. In stark contrast to the very purpose of American government. What we're seeing today is un-American. This is foreign to American government. We live in a system where you're conditioned Americans to believe that it's okay for the government to sanction the murder of innocent babies to the equivalent of 18 states, 60 million babies and counting, all the while knowing that babies are being dissected in the womb today and their body parts are being harvested. This is your government. This is a reflection of you, the American people. And I just want to say this because this rises up in me. If you think for one moment God's going to give us a pass for what we've tolerated, those that are tolerating the crime of murder concerning the innocent in the womb, your accomplices to the crime if you're not protesting against it. The government has no business whatsoever sanctioning the murder of the innocent. When the when the Jews did, or I'm sorry, when the hit when when Hitler did this, friends, when they were killing the Jews, the Gypsies, and the dissidents, they were called crimes against humanity. The world's hands were up in the air. They were up in arms, decrying what they were doing in Germany. Americans, you far surpassed what Adolf Hitler ever dreamed of doing because you submitted to tyranny rather than God. And if you submitted to God, you would have been standing up and you would be standing up against 
the very thing that many are tolerating in this country. Government has no business sanctioning the murder of in anybody, but yet you believe somehow or another, some of you do, that they're looking out for your good all the while advocating the murder of the innocent in the womb. You've got to be out of your mind, to say the least. Well, I think you're hitting on something that, that is, is right there at the forefront. When we read something like Romans 13, when if we were to, to really take that seriously and apply it here in the United States, the king, as it were, is the people from that passage. And, and we're to be the ministers of God. And what we do is, because we have other things to, to take care of, we delegate some of our authority to, to our representatives. People need to understand how that works. I mean, this is a, for lack of a better term, uh, it is a Presbyterian form of government. And when I say that, this goes back to Calvin. Uh, and the things he taught. This he was the one who educated a lot of the preach the a lot of the preachers from his writings, and a lot of those who came over to America to start it through the Geneva Bible and the notes that were there. And so they gained that understanding from the law. Now, when you said government shouldn't be in this and that, well, they shouldn't be in a lot of things. And I think it, had we had had our forefathers done it, and we did it after them. We would have been dealing with one or two here or there who were a little unruly uh, representatives that we had to impeach and charge and convict and deal with justly. But what we've done is we've allowed it to encompass the whole realm of at least the federal government for the most part. There are few and far between that are doing the right thing up there in D.C. And I think part of that is because they're away from the people. And I think that's that's a real problem that we have. They need to be among the people that they represent. We have the abilities now where they could do that. But that's something that needs to be done. Had we taken care of them when it happened, when, when they violated the law the first time and they said, oh, we, we can, I played this uh, the video of Davy Crockett and how he took and he joined with some guys. He got passionate. Uh, some houses burned down in Georgetown. They said, we're going to allocate $20,000 to help these families. He goes into town to ask for votes, and the one guy calls him out, and he goes, well, wait a minute. You give 20000 you give $20 million. It's not your money to give. And you, what you should have done, and I, this was something I was going to hit on earlier, what you said. He was saying that by doing that, you relieved the, the people in Congress who, want, who, were wanted, who say they wanted to help. You relieved them from their duty of charity. Because government can't give charity. That's love, by the way, folks. Uh, they can't give charity. And so if you take from the public coffers, if you steal from somebody else and, and you're charitable with their money, you're still a thief. And that's what the guy was calling him out. And, the, and you know, it cut Davy Crockett to the heart. He went and repented to all the people of, of the town. He did it uh, individually and he did it corporately before the people. They reelected him and something else came up to take care of a, of a Navy widow uh, because her husband had died, they were wanting to set aside $5,000 for her. And he says, I can't do this. This is theft. This is unconstitutional. And I, I have a conscience. I have, to, I have to do this because I promised to do this for the people. But he learned because people called him out. And I, I see people just get frustrated uh, today and they want to have a rally. But they don't want to actually bring justice upon those who are violating yeah. the law that are costing yeah. them and their children's future uh, because of it. Yeah. Well, Tim, that's, I see that continuously. As a matter of fact, going back to the virus issue, we hear about these doctors calling the vaccinations a weapon of death. The list goes on. They're, they're talking about the crimes of those that are advocating the propaganda concerning the virus. 
but nobody's calling for justice. The great wonder of this age, and I believe it's been one of the great wonders of every age, why do the masses allow the crimes of the one or the two to destroy? You look at Machiavelli, the Republic of Machiavelli, because the people didn't deal with corrupt politicians, uh, it destroyed their country. It's the same thing that's going to happen here. Yet, if we look to the Constitution, for those that are actually looking for a result, you are the result. You are the strength of the Constitution, said Thomas Edison. When you look at Article 2, Section 4, it says that we're supposed to impeach for the smallest of violations, even misdemeanors, not just to the other side of the spectrum of treason, Article 3, Section 3, but it says once they're impeached, Article 2, Section 4, then when they're gone, then you are to bring in Article 1, Section 3, Clause 7, and you are to prosecute them for their crimes. If you truly want to make America great again, then bring judgment upon lawfully upon the heads of the wicked in your government, because without that, your country is being destroyed on a daily basis. That's exactly right. And that I think that happens really for people at the biggest point locally. And I, th- I think that we've been uh, indoctrinated to think that D.C. is the answer to all our problems, and it's not. It really isn't. All politics, the, the old slogan is, all politics are local. And by the way, folks, when, when you read the Old Testament and the, the prophets stood and they called people to repent, yes, there was a spiritual problem, but it always had these political implications. Why? Because the law governed the society. Yeah. So so the Old Testament, even the New Testament, has these political implications because it's dealing with law and lawless. What is what is what is sin but transgression of the law? So well, who you, established government, Tim? That, God no, did. Yeah, God did, yeah. Exactly. That's why we have something called common law, the Mosaic Institution. Matter of fact, on the show today, I'm going to bring some video that I took in the capital of the state of Minnesota. When you walk inside of the uh, Supreme Court, the very first thing that you see behind the seats of the justices is a big, huge mural of Moses awaiting the divine law. And when you walk out, there's John Locke, along with Charles D. Montesquieu and William Blackstone that were responsible for establishing our form of government in so many different ways. But John Locke had a quote right above the threshold of the door. It says, where the law ends, tyranny begins. Who gave law? And what's sad to say about this is I seen an article probably about two years ago that came out, and it said, the name of the article was, 400 graduates from law school could not make reference or tell uh, anyone as to where law came from. Why are we messed up, friends? Because we don't know the author of our government. And the fact of the matter is we need to get back to that. And once we do, we're going to understand what real liberty is once again and not until then, 2 Corinthians 3.17. I think, let, me, let, me, let me speak about the author and the finisher of our faith. We're told in Daniel that when he comes, he's, he's that stone that's cut out of the mountain without hands. And he comes and he smashes the image, or, and, and then it, or the, he's the stone with, cut out without hands, and he smashes the image, and then it grows into a great mountain that fills the earth. The Bible says that the government's going to rest upon his shoulders. And when we see Jesus come in his humility, it's incredible that I don't think people get what he did. But he came in there and he started destroying the works of the devil, right? He was made manifest in the flesh that he might destroy the works of the devil. And one of the things that he, that he told his disciples, he says, you can't go in here and plunder the strong man's house until you bind the strong man. 
And Jesus was plundering the strong man, the devil's house, when he was here. He had bound him. I think this is partly what Revelation is getting to in um, chapter 20 when it talks about a great chain was was fastened around him, uh, the dragon uh, so that the nations wouldn't be deceived. Well, how were they not deceived? Through the preaching of the gospel. The, the, the gospel message went out of Israel into Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We were already hearing Paul saying it had been preached to every creature under heaven. And so here's what I want to bring as far as an encouraging word. The Lord Jesus has already bound the devil, guys. All yeah. you got to do is rush the gates. I, I, this is, to me, I don't think the people, many, many people have that mindset that the devil has been disarmed. He's been bound. Now plunder his house. God's given the victory, like what you said. Uh, he's willing to give the church what it's willing to fight for. Why? Because he's already got the victory in Jesus Christ. Jesus said he put him to open shame. Uh, Colossians three, I believe, is is where that is, and he he says that that he he took our sins, he nailed them to the cross, and so now we go forth in his power, do we not? Not in our own. Yeah, uh, where, where's the, this defeatism is coming to the the uh, propagandists in the church, the hirelings, and I want to tell you that this is very prevalent. Uh, people that I thought I had a little respect for, you just get to know them. The Lord will bring all things to the light. And sure enough, there it is. I mean, they know everything in politics. And by the way, we all live politics, okay? They're not separate. They're one. Uh, but I do want to say the people that I've encountered that call themselves Christians, they can tell you everything about the government. They can tell you everything that is right. But they can't tell you what Scripture says. And therein lies the problem. It's a, They're believers that don't believe, Tim. When I look at scripture, we're made more than conquerors to him that loved us. Okay? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. By the way, Romans 8, 37, 1 John uh, 4. Um, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. What is it that overcomes our, our, our uh, the world, even our faith? 1 John 5, 4. And the list goes on. And then I think about when we're dead to sin and we're alive to righteousness, Romans 6. Then I think about, well, Lord, what did you give unto us? Because the enemy has been defeated. He's a defeated foe, which does not mean we're not going to endure the warfare. Nope, that's promised. Romans, uh, or I'm sorry, Revelations 12, read the end of the chapter. But when you go to Luke 10, 19, this says it all. This is what the Lord said to the church. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, Amen. and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I'm not talking about going out there and getting weird like some people do. But if you have the Holy Ghost, this is a given. This is a part of the promise. And uh, we have to get in the Word of God. We need to be saturated in the Word of God. We need to be regenerated. We need to be renewed. And we need to be empowered by the Holy Ghost and go out there and win the day. Because that's what the church is called to do, is to bring answers to the world, not problems to the world. That's right. And I, we had that uh, show with uh, Dr. John Diamond on uh, going against the gates uh, of hell and what the ecclesia is. And we gave examples of Christians going to the gates, as it were, their city councils, their county councils, their state legislature, whatever, and speaking to them and saying, wait a minute, you are supposed to be ministers of God. You're in a position to, to be a minister of God, and we have to hold you to that. You can't be talking about 
sending little boys in with little girls in the same bathrooms. You can't be uh, putting putting forth teaching our kids a perversion that God has condemned as an abomination. You can't Jim, be doing these Jim, kinds of I, things. Yeah, go ahead. Jim, you're, what you're saying is so important. Every country deserves the government it has. You're talking right now. Those said representatives are talking about the things that they're talking about because they've been encouraged by the apathy of the church. They're adding, the church is adding strength to tyranny by becoming accomplices to the crime. Because what do I see firsthand? I see people do a whole lot of complaining about what they tolerate. I see very few that are actually out there righting the wrongs. And God doesn't need a majority to prevail, no doubt, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But my point is, if people would quit complaining about what they tolerate, you need to understand that you're the one allowing them to go this far. Friends, you need to understand just one topic as to what, Tim, you just talked about, the boys and the girls and going in bathrooms. This is a felony. Sodomy is a felony. In other words, homosexuality, crimes against nature in every given state of our union. Don't talk to me how, uh, about how the laws have been changed. Hey, folks, if it's contrary to the U.S. Constitution and God's moral law, it's null and it's void. Okay, If you want to go ahead and dare the justice of God by sitting back and doing a whole lot of nothing about what these criminals mean to advocate Concerning your kids, I'll tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get a whole lot of good daddies and mommies in the United States of America bringing about vigil any justice. And the reason there's vigil any justice today is because they see the courts are not delivering justice any longer. And why is that? Because the American people have failed to uh, uh, bring upon themselves the responsibility and obligation of duty before God and man by being that law that God has ordained. Well, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of this would would take place. Again, we go back to the where the problem is and the problem happens in our churches. There are there are. Look, I believe there are faithful men who are preaching in their churches, who are shepherding their flocks, who are giving them the word of God. And we see pockets of that all around the country. But then we also see the predominance, at least from my view, we see the church is happy to pat itself, to clothe itself nicely, to put on the fine jewelry, to build the big buildings, to declare that that's God's blessing on them. When when Paul says that, that godliness is not gain and gain is not godliness, but they do that and they call it ministry, but it's really an occasion for them to indulge themselves in their flesh, fleshly desires. And instead of going forth, being in the fight you know, in the in the, we could talk. We could probably take the next half hour and talk about the Black Robe Regiment. I mean, those were preachers. They may have had some doctrinal differences, but they had it right on the law and the gospel. When they went forth, they taught their people, and then they didn't just teach them. They went forth and led them uh, towards independence when they were under tyranny. Yeah, uh, Catherine Booth. Uh, very few people understand the heart and the message of William and Catherine Booth. What you say, what you see today, by the way, they're the founders of Salvation Army. What you see today in the Salvation Army is 100, it's diametrically opposed to the message that was given by William and Catherine Booth, faithful ministers of Jesus Christ. I mean, these guys were dominant. 
They were conquerors, and everybody knew it. Both enemy and friend found their faith in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through their ministry. And these people were feared because they understood that they were the anointed of God. I want you to listen to this quote by Catherine Booth. It's really short. She said, a barracks is meant to be a place where real soldiers were to be fed and equipped for war, not a place to settle down in or as a comfortable snuggery in which to enjoy ourselves. I hope that if they ever, our soldiers do settle down, we'll burn their barracks over their heads. How, how strong in contrast is that to what we see today? People in the, the American professor, people need to understand, this is a better way of saying it. Today's society is the fruit of the American church, and it's a lack of Christianity. Nobody rebuked the religious hypocrites more than Jesus Christ himself. That's why Christ was crucified. What were they saying? We have no king but King Caesar. Crucify him, crucify him. Who is doing that? The Herodians and the Pharisees. And it's exactly what we see happening today. But until we get back to Christ, we're called to be ministers of the flames of fire. And until we become flames of fire under God and by the Holy Ghost, nothing's going to change. That's up to us. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to say. And as a word of encouragement on top of that in the natural, hey, folks, we still have the freedom to do the right thing. What are we doing with that gift of freedom that Christ has bestowed upon us and our veterans have bestowed upon us in the natural? Amen. Amen. Well, and, and it's in stark contrast to what we heard from, um, uh, I call him Doughboy up there, uh, Gerald Nadler in the Congress when he says, God's will has, I forget, the. I'm going to paraphrase, God's will yeah, has yeah. no uh, acknowledgement or something by this Congress. Well, if that's the case, Mr. Nadler, why did you put your hand on God's word and swear right. before him that you would uphold the Constitution? Uh, this is, and again, this is what you're saying is holding the people to what they say instead of letting them go in their hypocrisies. Well, again, when he said that, that's when you hear politicians, it's a slang word too, by the way, they're supposed to be statesmen, they're supposed to represent the people, but we already know that they're selling us out, which is another reproach on the people that tolerate them. But when Nadler said that, Tim, it was like, that's scary because that is another sign of the hastening judgment that the American people are allowing their politicians to bring on this country. Uh, it was Napoleon that rightly said, the Bible is no mere book. It's a living creature that powers all that oppose it, and it conquers all that would oppose it. And when we sit back and we hear our politicians say stuff like that, it should tell you that they're at war with God. And I'm here to tell you, friends, it's a war that we're not going to win. But if we're going to allow them, we don't have leaders in this country. Listen to me again. We do not have leaders in our government. We have a representative government. When we hear our representatives talk that way, they have lost their place, and we need to take responsibility and make sure that they lose their place and that they're properly prosecuted for their crimes against we the people under God. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, Bradley, let me give you a final word. Let's wrap things up here. Um, let's give an encouraging word in the fact that let's give a comforting word. Let's do that. Uh, and I mean sure. not a comforting word like let me stroke your back, oh let me rub your back. Let's give the comforting in the old in the old English kind of way uh, to the people listening that spurs us on to do what's right before God. 
Well, it's interesting that you word the, use the word comfort because comfort in old English means to be pushed along in war. I was out on the East Coast. I believe we were in Maryland, and we went to a Bible museum, and it was the coolest thing. As a matter of fact, I became friends with the guy out there. And um, when I was out there, he had a big picture uh, that used to preside, and it was hanging on the wall of Charles Spurgeon's study there in England at his tabernacle. And it had a big picture of a king prodding his soldiers in war. And it said on the little tag right under the picture, the king comforting his soldiers. That's exactly right. Bring that to Ephesians 6.12. And the armor, there's a reason. We're in a spiritual warfare. Uh, We're to go through the warfare, through many trials and tribulations. Do we enter into the kingdom of heaven? Acts 14.22. And the list goes on and on about our soldierliness in this world on the behalf of Christ. And we're supposed to bring everything into subjugation under Christ. Folks, to be comforted in Scripture is to win the day to the glory of Christ. This isn't about us. This isn't about our feelings. This isn't about what we get out of this. What is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? How many of these churches have gained the world using Christ uh, as the reason for their success when Christ has nothing to do with it? Hey, folks, uh, think not that we are to pray. We're to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send us forth into the labors and, and to be the laborers in going out into the harvest fields and seeking and saving that which is lost. Okay, that's what we're supposed to do. King David uh, was given a prayer by the Holy Ghost to ask of me, and I shall give unto thee the heathen as thine inheritance as the uttermost parts of the earth. My objective here isn't to get followers or to have followers. My objective here is to work myself out of a job. I'm speaking uh, spiritually and naturally. Jesus always spoke in the natural to teach you spiritual um, understanding and, and lessons and parables. But the fact of the matter is I'm here to work myself out of a job as I drive you to the foot of the cross where it can do no more. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you pick up your ministry. You may be an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, or a pastor, which, by the way, is only named one time in the New Testament. Just thought I'd share that with you in Ephesians 4.11. But, folks, get your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. See what he won't do on the behalf of your generation. Because if he did it for me, he chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I am a prime example of what the Lord will do as long as you stay out of the mix. Remember, Jesus said um, that we are to not glory in the flesh, and we are not. Get out of the way. Do what you're called to do out of love towards God and man, right? Romans 5, 5. And the process will be that you'll become fishers of men. And at the end of the day, the Lord does the saving and he does the choosing. The only thing we can do is plant the seeds and let the Lord bring the increase, though others may water it. And it's been the fruit of my ministry since day one. It's not about building a bigger building. How much money are we making? No, it's about staying on the front line and making sure that our children have a future and a hope the same way that our forefathers bestowed upon us. And if you want to read that, you can read the preamble to the U.S. Constitution. So with that said, friends, I just want to say this. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow Christ. There's your word of exhortation, admonition, and encouragement for the day.
Amen. Amen. All right, Bradley, I appreciate you coming on. Bradley had to get up really early this morning, guys. And uh, um, it's a sign of love, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Well, a sign of opportunity, too, because you're a guy who will yeah. take the opportunities that are given to you, just like I will. If somebody gives me an opportunity to go somewhere or do something, whatever, I'll right. do it. Um, and, and you're willing to do that all the time. And we appreciate that. You're going to need a nap probably after this. But, folks, be sure to check out. Uh, what he's put up at sonsoflibertyradio.com. Go over there, you get to a landing page, just enter the site, and then up here at the top, it says Equipping the Saints. You click on that, and that's where you'll find the My Wars series. Be sure to check that out, all right? There's five parts. Um, again, this was done years ago, but the same things are still going on. They're probably even worse. Well, they are worse now than they were because people haven't heeded the message and ran to the fight and uh, and defend it on behalf of their children. Uh, the other the other thing you can do is head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Bradley usually has at least one article a day, sometimes not, depending on whatever he's got going on. But he has articles over here, and uh, then I put some things out too. We have other co- uh, contributors. Suzanne Hamner, some of you guys are seeing her in the chat. She also writes. She inundated me with articles yesterday. We had four of them from uh, Suzanne, and we appreciate her contributions as well. Guys, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, Kate Shimarani, I believe Dr. Kevin Corbett's going to be joining us again. Monday, Lord willing, I'm going to play you the pre-record incredible, incredible interview that we had with Dr. Lee Merritt. You don't want to miss that, and she's already said she'll come back to give us her mass talk that has been banned on every platform it's been put on. And let me tell you something. That has satanic uh, implications to it. I-, I can't wait to do that one because she really intrigued me with the things that she had discovered in that. And then Tuesday, we're looking for Dr. Kerry Madej to join us as well. You guys have a great day. Don't forget Bradley on sonsoflibertymedia.com, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it. See ya. <laughs>